Welcome back to the Twilight Tears. This is our sixth episode, and again, we're your hosts, Julia. And Lakin. And this week, we're going to be covering the case of Gabby Petito and Brian Laundrie. As usual, we would like to say a little disclaimer. We do know that this case was so publicized, and there was a lot of different things going around and speculation, but we just want to say that we are pulling from factual sources and using um, all the facts from this investigation and homicide. Also, we would just like to say we are recording again over the (laughs) phone, so I'm sorry if it's a little fuzzy. So I guess starting off, we'll just kind of give some background. I know a lot of people have already heard about this case, but um, the FBI said its investigation into the case of Gabby Petito, who was 22 years old. Um, You know, she kind of first disappeared on their trip. She and her fiance, Brian Laundrie, um, went on like a cross country trip and they were visiting all kinds of states and national parks kind of on the West Coast. Um, They planned to take her I believe yeah a white Ford van to the west coast um and she stayed in regular contact with her family and then that like there's a quote that says she maintained regular contact with her family members during her travels however that communication abruptly stopped around the end of August that's what the police chief said so and be- yeah that's I think very important because before we keep going about um like through the timeline of the rest of the case her mom was one of the main ones saying like this is not her texting me like these texts are really off so yeah. it just shows you that she truly was close with her family and make like maintained contact with them yeah for sure quickly. i feel like she was pretty much in constant contact and like i feel yes. like as a mother it's your protective instinct like no matter how old your kids kid is if they're going on a trip with some kind of partner in any sense like you are going to be protective and want to be in close contact with your child every day. So exactly. I like my mom, for example, like I have a 25 year old brother and it doesn't matter that he's 25. Like she's the <laughs> one's like contact with us every day. Yeah, like, for she sure. Wants to know, like, that we're okay. I know my so brother and I, I are, my brother and I are both thing. in college and my mom's like, let's do group FaceTimes at dinner <laughs> once a week. Like she loves to stay in contact. So no, it's definitely a mom thing. Like they, for sure. their mother instincts come out and <laughs> they are very, they just want to know. They want to know that you're safe. And in like Gabby's case, she was engaged. Like she was with her fiance. So right. that she was supposed to be like, you know, someone that you can trust trust and feel safe with which it's just sad that that ended up being the person that caused her decease but yeah we can kind of keep like um going through the timeline yeah so i will say they did get engaged in july of 2020 okay so but then they go ahead in 20 oh sorry in 2021 is when they we're departing July of 2021 for their four-month, um, like, adventure across the West, like, coast. Yeah. Um, I have here, so a lot of people saw the body cam footage. So, on August 12th, Moab, Utah police had an encounter with the couple where officers described them as having engaged in some sort of altercation. So, although the two are described as getting into a physical fight following an argument, both the male and female reported that they are in love and engaged to be married and desperately didn't wish to see anyone charged with a crime. So 
it makes you think that either like there there has been no history of violence up until that point or there was violence and she was threatened to say you know and that's my that's my speculation and opinion but I feel like it could go either way there where like he had said you say nothing or else you're gonna pay or you know I agree with that because actually the person that called 911 saw Brian hit Gabby so yeah but then when police show up she's like crying and Mm -hmm. saying that she's the one that like started it she was the only one that was physical and he did not hit her at all and so she almost got arrested actually yeah which is crazy yeah no it makes you wonder why she took the fall even though there's a witness like seeing brian hit her And I feel like we've seen this, sadly, in a lot of domestic violence and um, abusive relationships where the person, no matter what, when someone shows up, like, when the authorities show up, they always will say, no, like, nothing ever happened, I'm fine. Right. You know, like, they're constantly protecting their abuser, which I know it's a very, like, hard and psychological, it's a hard cycle, and it's like very psychological and I know that there's a lot of like behind the scenes things as well but for sure I don't know it just makes me think it could have been going on for a long time yeah I agree um at the officer's suggestion um the couple did stay separated for the night and you know the officer described Petito as like very confused and emotional like you said earlier she was crying all this stuff. And then the police officer also said, after evaluating the totality of the circumstances, I do not believe this situation escalated to a level of domestic assault as much as that of a mental health crisis. So I guess he saw it more as mental health versus like physical and domestic assault. I don't know. This I think goes back to our last thing. Like we need to take mental health seriously. For sure. Like we just covered a case like we yeah. just, our last episode, the catfish cop. Yes. Like, we just covered a case on why everyone should be in taking mental health seriously, and it should always be taken seriously. And look what happened. Like, not he just saw it. Oh, like instead of it being physical, it was just mental. And now we have two people that are dead. Yeah. And I'm not saying that's on the cop. Like I know that, you know, they were called for domestic violence. But right. a question from other people were, like, what if one of them had gotten arrested? Right. Like, could this have been prevented? Right. Yeah, I mean, it probably could have, but we can never know that. But there's definitely no. a chance of that happening. Um, and as you kind of said earlier, there was a gentleman that saw this go down. So the caller that called 911 said the gentleman was slapping the girl. Then we stopped. They ran up and down the sidewalk. He proceeded to hit her, hopped in the car, and they drove off. So, the, I don't know why she was taking the blame, but definitely was odd. Um, the, next, yeah. the next thing in the timeline um, at the article I'm looking at is August 17th. So, Laundry flew to Tampa, Florida from Salt Lake City on August 17th, according to the Laundry family attorney, Stephen, I don't even, Bertolino, Bert, maybe? Um, Laundry flew home to obtain some items and empty and close the storage unit to save money as they contemplated extending the road trip. On August 23rd, Laundry returned to Salt Lake City to rejoin Petito, the attorney said, adding, to my knowledge, 
Brian and Gabby paid for the flights as they were sharing expenses. So it is a little odd that he kind of like left her there. Like if that were my fiance, I would not want him leaving me alone in a state I was unfamiliar with, but. No, that seems very dangerous, especially her being like a young girl in a state that they are not from. They don't know their surroundings. Like I also agree. I think that's just kind of unsafe and unsettling. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, This is another important thing. On August 27th, a Louisiana couple vacationing in Jackson, Wyoming, said they saw Petito and Laundry involved in a commotion as they were leaving um, the Mary Piglet's Tex-Mex restaurant. And Nina Angelo, who was at the restaurant with her boyfriend, said Petito was in tears and Laundry was visibly angry going in and out of the restaurant several times and showing anger towards the staff around the hostess stand. Um, The restaurant manager told CNN she saw an incident at the restaurant August 27th, but declined to give her name or described what happened and said the restaurant did not have surveillance of the video of the incident. So obviously reiterating what we had said earlier, there probably was a history of some type of violence. He seems like he was on this trip becoming more and more physical. I don't know if this trip kind of like escalated things or if it was like this prior to the trip. But maybe he just started to do this more publicly versus privately. And that's definitely a great question that you bring up because a lot of people were like, oh, they were so happy. They were high school sweethearts. They were, you know, like in a great relationship. And that's from the outside. And everyone can look like they're in a great relationship from the outside. But you truly do not know what's going on with the person. And I think that this case amplifies that. I also read like that argument was like an explosive and close and explosive explosive argument that they saw like witnessing yeah. and he was like very angry at everyone like very rude and like maybe the close corners of being like living in a van or being with someone 24/7 and having no space like maybe right. it, just, it became more and more frequent which is also a tendency that happens in abusive relationships mm-hmm. with domestic violence i mean the more control you could have over someone would only make you escalate that violence so like you said being in close quarters like you do have that control and so that was probably definitely a red flag um i think the last week of august is kind of where things take a turn so petito's family told police they were last in contact with her during the last week of august before that last communication petito was believed to have been in grand teton national park in wyoming and then in a news conference in September, Petito family attorney Richard Stafford said the family's last communication was with Petito August 30th, but they do not believe the message they received was from her. So from that last sighting of them on August 27th to August 30th, something happened. Because yeah. if they don't think that text message was from her on the 30th, it was within those three days that this murder took place. Exactly. So and her mom definitely at this point was very suspicious. And I'm just going to quote the um, text that they received. Mm-hmm. And it says, um, sorry, it's about Dan, which was her, was it her grandfather? Or her... I am not sure on that one. Oh, yes. Stan is um, 
Gabby's grandfather, but she sent to her mom, can you help Stan? I just keep getting his voicemails and missed calls. And Gabby's mother said that she never referred to him by his first name. Oh. And I also feel like Gabby, I mean, knowing how close she was with her family, I feel as if she would have answered her, like, grandfather's call. Yeah. Did he also, was he also suspicious that something was going on? Could have been. I mean, it seems like Gabby was in close contact with her family, so, like, if if that's the case with everyone in her family, if she normally picks up with her grandpa and she was declining those calls, he probably did get a little nervous as to, like, where is she? Why is she not responding? That's um, very true. And, like, so, leaving voicemails, like, call me when you can or something. Yeah. So, um, this article also gives a little timeline from August 24th to August 30th. So... On August 24th, Petito FaceTimes with her mother and tells her she is leaving Utah and headed to the Teton Range in Wyoming. On August 25th, there are multiple texts between Petito and her mother. The young woman's family believes that she is in the Tetons on this date. On August 27th, there was more texts between Petito and her mother, during which the family believes she remains in this area. And then on the 30th, her family receives the last text from Petito. They doubt she wrote that text. According to Stafford, the message read, No service in Yosemite. So, something probably happened the 29th, 30th, yeah. morning of. I don't know. It's definitely, definitely weird. Um, here's an important note. Also in September, a woman publicly claimed she gave her, she and her boyfriend gave Laundry a ride on August 29th in Wyoming. And Laundry claimed he had been camping by himself for multiple days while Petito was at their van working on social media posts. In a series of videos posted on TikTok, Miranda Baker said she and her boyfriend picked up Laundry that evening while he was hitchhiking in Coulter Bay, Wyoming. Laundry told them that he had been camping at a site outside of Grand Teton National Park near Snake River. So, which that is also weird because they were plan like they were doing this trip together. So that also is just like suspicious that he was by- like they were separated for multiple days. I think at that point he was covering up. I don't think oh, that they were separated for no, multiple he, days because he, on the 29th, he was, why would you leave the van? There's no reason for him to be separate for her and Hitchhike. You have your own transportation, you know? Exactly. So I think I at that point he had already killed her and he was just trying to get away from the scene. I think so too. And the last, her last Instagram post was also made August 25th. Okay. So, and that's the one that, I mean, I think everyone, like, may have remembered this. It was the, her, it didn't um, match the rest of her, like, aesthetic on her Instagram, which to normal, like, people, oh, that doesn't really matter. But they also think that he could have posted that photo. Right. I mean, I wouldn't doubt it. Just to also, like, cover, like, cover up his tracks. I think he definitely had some anger issues because, um... This article says, once Laundry found out Baker and her boyfriend were going to Jackson Hole instead of Jackson, he got agitated, asked the vehicle to stop, and got out near the Jackson Dam. So, he obviously had a specific place he wanted to go, and the fact that you're getting mad at people who are nice enough to give a random stranger a ride, I just, I think he definitely had some underlying anger issues. I mean, at this point, I feel like it's not even... Like, it's not even a secret anymore. Like, he yeah. definitely has 
I mean, mental issues and anger issues and probably needed help with that. Um, this is interesting. Um, additionally, Norma Jean, a seasonal Wyoming resident, told CNN she picked up laundry not far from Jackson Lake Dam on August 29th and gave him a ride to the Spread Creek dispersed camping area where Petito's remains were later found. Oh my gosh. So, this makes me wonder if this is why he was mad, why they were not taking him to where he wanted. So, maybe... He was already in at this camping ground previously, had already killed her, knew her remains were there, and he was trying to get back. That is a very good point. My speculation, my opinion, but I feel like that is, I mean, a possibility. I agree with you completely. Um, That is a very, that could definitely be the case and why he was getting so angry at people. Like, he wanted to be at a certain spot and that could make sense because I mean, it was confirmed that her remains were found there. Yeah. And then Norma Jean said when they arrived at Spread Creek, she dropped laundry off before the gate at the entrance of the camping area. She said she offered once or twice to take him farther, but he was insistent that he be dropped off at the entrance. Laundry then offered her gas money, but she declined. And then she said she picked him up around 6.15 p.m., which was just a few minutes after Baker had said laundry had departed her vehicle. So... I don't know if he knew Norma Jean, but he was obviously in communication with her. The fact that she dropped him off and is then picking him up um, is a little interesting. But Did we know if they met before this or they just... This article does not say. I have no idea. It just says that she was a seasonal Wyoming resident. So I would assume they had not met prior because he doesn't live out there. But... Yeah, it is definitely interesting, and obviously he didn't want her driving past the gate for a reason. He he had to have known that her remains were there. Like, he had definitely already killed her at that point. Yeah, for sure. So, on September 1st, um, Laundrie returns to the couple's Northport home, where his parents also live on September 1st. Um, according to an affidavit attached to his search warrant, license plate reader shows the vehicle exited Interstate 75 into Northport at 10.26 a.m. So, I mean, all of this happened very quickly. He got from, I I mean, he got from the West Coast to Florida in a day. So he had known, I mean, he was was planning to get out of there. And that's, he definitely was. And I think the entire case, it it was very quick and, I mean, her family was on it, like, as soon as they realized something was wrong. And I think um, official or police officers or the FBI, I cannot remember, but one of them also um, reported that it is, they think that his parents knew what he had done. I've seen that theory many times, and honestly, I would not doubt it. I agree with it i mean there has been a ton of like dissension between the two families and he went straight to his parents house after yeah um like or he flew when he flew back to florida and it was i mean the whole thing's just kind of weird if your like future daughter-in-law is missing 
I mean, right. personally, I would think that you would want to like help or be there comfort the family. Oh, for but it's, sure. It's the complete opposite. Yeah, it's very odd. It it is. It's it's just a weird. Like I don't know their dynamic by any means, but I think it's just weird. Yeah, it's um. When he was home, they went, the laundry family went to a campground around 75 miles away from their home in early September. This was, I believe they were there um, from September 6th to the 8th, um, and they left all together. And then, I'm trying to, September 11th, it says, after not being able to get in touch with her, Petito's family, who lives in New York, reports her missing. So, September 11th, she was reported missing. Um... On September 16th, a letter read by the Petito family attorney at a news briefing held by police, the missing woman's family begged for Laundrie's family's help in the investigation. They said, please, if you or your family have any decency left, please tell us where Gabby is located. Tell us if we are even looking at the right place. All we want is for Gabby to come home. Please make that happen. So obviously the family seemed pretty reluctant to help. I mean, if the other, if her family's begging, like, I don't understand why they wouldn't want to help unless they were accomplices in it. It just doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't make sense at all. And it's just so heartbreaking and sad that, like, her family is going through the worst thing imaginable. Oh, absolutely. And someone that she was going to spend the rest of her life with, none of their family was even being supported. Right. But I would like to quickly mention September 15th, um, Laundre was officially like a person of interest but he refused to cooperate odd it's just odd all of it yeah mm-hmm. um on september 17th after several days of both petito's family and police pleading with the laundry's family to cooperate in the investigation laundry's family requested that the police come to their home where they share they haven't seen brian since september 14th We've been trying to talk to his family, to talk to Brian, and now they've called us here on Friday. We've gone to the home, and they're saying they have not seen their son. So that's where this took another twist, because obviously we know, like, Brian was found dead by suicide. But this is, so, I don't know if he saw that the investigation was, like, heating up, and he was just going to handle that. Um, I think he had to have. It was everywhere. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I think that's, I don't know. I mean, this is my speculation, but I think that he completely knew everyone was after him. Yeah. And he was, like, trying to hide. And then that's when there was the search on September 18th for Brian. I almost wonder if he, like, didn't know how long his parents could, like, hold that secret because they were getting so much heat to cooperate between police and Gabby's family. Um, I just wonder if he knew his parents couldn't like hold off that information much longer and he knew he just had to get out. I mean, the FBI is after you at this point. Right. You can't just, this isn't a secret that can be kept. (laughs) Yeah. It's just, it's a mess at that point because not only, you know, now the suspect's gone and the family is acting like they have no idea where he's at. Yeah, because they filed a missing persons report on him as well. Yeah. 
Um, on September 18th, Northport police say authorities are conducting a search for laundry at the Carlton Reserve, a nature area with more than 80 miles of hiking trails in Venice, Florida. Roughly 50 law enforcement officers from five local agencies and the FBI are searching for laundry. Um, and there, there was an enormous amount of pressure to provide answers as to what's going on. And then the FBI announces the agency and its partners are also conducting ground surveys in Grand Teton National Park relevant to Petito's disappearance. Um, on September 19th, human remains were discovered in Teton County that are consistent with the description of Petito. Um, and then that's when they started doing the, like, forensic identification of her. Um, yeah, and on September 23rd, First, the autopsy confirmed that it was yes. Gabby And then on backtracking just a little bit, on September 20th, the parents of Brian Laundrie were questioned at their home by the FBI. Um, they, let's see, Christopher and Roberta Laundrie are escorted from their home and return after federal agents executed a search warrant. So they, at that point, were searching their home for any evidence. Um, it's just crazy. I mean, yeah, it's it's just all so sad. Like, that's how I feel about it's, every case we cover. It's just so sad. It, it really is. Like, it's so hard to do some of these cases. I mean, all of them. They're all extremely tragic and horrible. And, like, she was so young. I mean, and recently I feel like there's been just too many young people that... It's just horrible. Like, people are horrible. Yeah. Um... It says someone made a or special agent in charge um michael schneider said in a statement we urge individuals with knowledge of mr laundry's role in this matter or his current whereabouts to contact the fbi laundry is suspected of using a debit card um, and pin for accounts that did not belong to him for charges more than one thousand dollars sometime between august 30th and september 1st so i don't know if that was gabby's cards I kind of want to assume that, but... I would assume. I don't think they officially released. I just remember seeing that it was, like, $1,000 on a card that wasn't his. Yeah. Um, on October 12th, a detailed investigation by forensic pathologists, anthropologists, and local law enforcement with assistance from the FBI determined Petito's cause of death was strangulation. Um, by Wyoming law, no other information apart from the manner of cause of death will be released. So that's pretty much all that the family was, or the public was given was that she was just strangled, which is strangled. pretty sad. Um, October 20th, weeks into the search for laundry at Florida's Carlton Reserve, investigators found what appeared to be human remains along with personal items, including a backpack and a notebook belonging to laundry. Um, items were found in that area had been underwater and that was so october 20th was the day that brian was found um, yeah and he uh, i don't he shot himself in the head and it was confirmed suicide for his death yeah but they found a notebook that belonged to him and like confirming that he um killed gabby sadly yeah it's just sad. It's it's just like, I feel like, I, I always hate saying this when people commit suicide because, like, no one should be driven to that point, but I feel like it's just taking the easy way out. 
like, agree. Like, don't be, I mean, if you're not coward enough to kill someone, don't be coward enough to face the consequences. Exactly. And that, I feel like, because in his um, suicide note, or not suicide note, I, I mean, I guess, kind of, like, he said, I'm not, and this is in quotes, I am not ending my life because of fear of punishment, but rather because I can't stand to live another day without her. Then why did you kill her to begin with? And, like, he was, like, running. Like, I feel like once he realized there was no hope in him for for him to get away with this, right. and that's when he decided to kill himself. Yeah. But he was trying to stay on the run. Like, it, as soon as, you know, the murder happened, like, he was on the run trying to get away with it. Oh, yeah. And then, you know... After he realized, I mean, the entire country and the FBI are after me. Oh, I can't do this. Then he decided to kill himself. Right. Um, It also says, the FBI confirmed it was Petito's debit card laundry used without authorization between August 30th and September 1st on his drive back from to Florida from Wyoming. And then several messages exchanged between Laundry's phone and Petito's phone after her death were likely Laundry's attempt to deceive law enforcement by giving the impression that Miss Petito was still alive. So he was literally using her phone and just texting himself back and forth. Like, honestly, it's even more disgusting. He genuinely, like, that's what I'm saying here. He, and and this is speculation for my part, and I won't be able to, you know, this won't be confirmed, but, I mean, genuinely, he was just trying to cover everything up and trying to get away with it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then, then once again, this is taking the coward way out because, like, he... He admitted to what he did. He knew what he did. He's not one of those people where they never own up to what they did. He wrote it down. He he admitted to doing it. And he just couldn't handle it. No. And And I I don't... This is just my opinion, but I don't believe that he killed himself because he couldn't live another day without Gabby. You killed her for a reason. And you just did not want to face the public because you knew how big this case was blowing up. And and you were going to be in prison for the rest of your life. Right. Uh, I, it's just it's tragic yeah. it's very tragic I mean she was only I 22 do. years old she was almost like we're 21 she was like our age oh, and that's like that's what I think gets me the most is she was she had a whole life ahead of her and she yeah. was just trying to travel and it's it's just so devastating that like people literally are their opportunities and their whole life is taken away from them yeah. And then these families have to deal with that as well. And they have to go through all of this trauma yeah. all the time it for is, the rest of their lives. It is just tragic. I mean, there's so many, like, murder-suicide cases. Like, when you think about it, like, a lot of the cases we've covered thus far have been, like, murder-suicide cases. Like, the Utah family massacre. The husband killed the family and then yeah. killed himself. The killer. Like, the catfish cop. Brian, like, there's just so many cases that end this way, and it's so sad because, yeah, the family gets some sense of closure, but you don't get justice like you deserve. You, no, no one is getting justice in this situation. Yeah. And I think that's what makes it so hard. Like, the families cannot, can never ask questions, can never confront him. They Mm-mm. can't do anything. They can't, like, you're right. They just can't get any justice for this situation, and I think that's so hard. And also going back to other cases that we have covered, like, once again, like, this was supposed to be her significant other. They weren't Right. Like, These are supposed to be people you trust. Yes, it's supposed to be someone you trust, and you, 
I mean, obviously she did trust him to, to some extent. Like she went on this trip with him thinking this will be a nice four month getaway with my husband. We get to explore the country and then she never comes back. It's just sad. It's horrible. I quickly also like going off of him. I want to read you this um, quote from his notebook uh-huh. and I just want to get your opinion on it. So in quotes, I ended her life. I thought it was merciful that it is what she wanted, but I see now all the mistakes I made. I panicked, I was in shock, but from that moment I decided, took away her pain, I knew I couldn't go on without her. Um, I think that's complete crap. I think her family would have known if she had any suicidal tendencies or was feeling some type of way based off of, like, her social medias it seemed like she was a very bubbly and positive person now obviously like anyone can put on a front on social media but no one no one would ask to be killed no and so going on he said it was an it occurred as an unexpected tragedy i hear a splash and a scream i could barely see i couldn't find her for a moment shouted her name I found her breathing heavily, gasping, and was freezing cold. I don't know what that's about. I don't know where they would have been. I don't know where they buy, like, a lake or, like, a river. I'm wondering, but weren't they sleeping in their van? That's what I thought. So then, I mean, this is now just me completely speculating and going down a rabbit hole, but... So, like, did he, what if he, like, pushed her in? What if they got in a fight, he, like, pushed her in? Yeah. And then, like, strangled her? I mean, with this history of violence, like, I wouldn't doubt because it. then she could have, like, I don't know. Like, that's the part I don't understand until, I didn't know any of this until I started reading it. But she apparently had a small bump on her forehead and eventually got larger. Interesting. And, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. He just seemed like a violent person. And, like, from that first quote you read, it kind of seems to me like he had a God complex. Like, I was being merciful. No, you weren't. No. That is such backwards thinking. Yes. Like, no no one has any right to take someone else's life. Absolutely not. That is, there's no mercy in that. And no. I Not mean, at all. You're delusional if you think so. Yeah, for sure. So I think, unless you have anything else to add, I think that's pretty much the case. Um, I mean, I think we just wanted to cover this because it was like, so it was a significant like moment in time. Like I remember like dropping everything I was doing and be like, oh my gosh, where is this girl? Like on TikTok and Facebook, like help us find Gabby help us you know like it was everywhere it was everywhere and everyone and like was joining in and like trying to do whatever they could yeah and we're very aware of the case i mean any updates imaginable like i remember even like going through twitter and like refreshing yes any updates on this case and anytime there were i would just be reading them nonstop. i feel like we definitely sent each other like updates like oh my gosh look at this we definitely did (laughs) so I know I think it just was one of those cases where yes most people know about it but we just still wanted to talk about it because I mean it was such a huge case yeah for sure 
So I think that is it for this episode and we will talk with you guys next week. So thank you for listening.